0: Welcome to the Film Comment podcast. I'm Clinton Crew,
1: and I'm Devika Girish. We're the editors of Film Comment.
0: First off, we want to wish a happy new year to all of our listeners, and to thank you for joining us for another year of writing and talking about movies. We'll dive into the New Year's new releases very soon, but today's podcast is about one of 2022's late but great entries, No Bears, the latest metafictional movie from Iranian maestro Jafar Panahi.
1: In the film, Panahi plays a slightly fictionalized version of himself as a controversial filmmaker holed up in an Iranian border village. He's trying to evade the surveillance of the authorities while remotely directing a film set in nearby Turkey. What starts as a seemingly gentle satire becomes a timely reckoning with the moral dilemmas faced by people, especially women, living under a patriarchal and dictatorial regime.
0: Though Panahi tragically remains imprisoned in Tehran since his arrest in July, we were thrilled to be able to speak to the film's lead actress, Mina Kavani, about her riveting performance as an Iranian refugee stranded in Turkey. We discussed Kavani's own experiences living in exile, what it was like to work with Panahi, and the women-led movement that continues to reverberate throughout Iran.
1: We hope you enjoy the conversation. So today we have a very, very special guest with us on the podcast. She is one of the lead actresses of one of our favorite films of the year, and certainly one of the most urgent films of the year, uh, Jafar Panahi's No Bears. Uh, Mina, it's wonderful to have you on the Film Comment Podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, would you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Introduce yourself a little bit.
2: Of course. Uh, Mina Kavani, I grew up in Iran, and I had this chance to grow up in a very artistic family. My uncle, he, he's one of the most important theater directors in Iran, and we, we used to live in the same house together in a different uh, floor but in the same house and so that's how I entered this career and I fell in love and being an actress and um, he used to live in France for many years and that's how he made me know about cinema and theater especially in France and Europe and then state and that's how from a very very young age like from 12 or 13 years old I knew that I wanted to be an actress and very strangely I knew that I wanted to be an actress who lives in a total freedom and without censorship, without scarf. I always knew that my future it's not gonna be in Iran. So at the age of twenty two I I I I I left my country and I, I was, you know, dreaming to enter to Conservatoire National Art Dramatic School of Paris, which is the which is the most important school of acting in France. And I tried to concur the examination, which was very, very hard.
0: What year was this, you know?
2: It was on 2010. Okay. Yes. And I wanted to enter to the school because of one reason is that I knew that I know nobody in France. So I should enter to the very important school so I can, you know, knowing people and making a connection. And when I graduated of my school, Seve de Farsi, an Iranian-French director who lives in, in France for 30 years, and she lives in exile too, she proposed to me a little role of her feature movie called Red Rose, which was about the love story between a young girl and an older man. And the story was happening in 2009. When the government they cheated in the election, so there was a love story between a young girl and an old man with a love scene with the political terms. And and honestly, when I read the role, I felt 100% fall in love about this character because it was the first time that I was reading a role, Iranian role, Iranian young role, uh, was showing a real image of an Iranian young woman. So, uh, and I was so obsessed about the idea that in the Iranian cinema, we never showing uh, the, the Iranian cinema, which comes from in Iran, they never show you the real image of the woman, of the young woman, because the women in Iran, the young woman, especially they are very strong. They are very modern. They are very open. So I accepted this role. And um, uh, when I de- when the film got out in theater, in the Iranian press in journal, I was you know they they called me as the first Iranian pornographic actress. The Iranian government, yeah, and that was the moment that I knew that I can't go back to Iran anymore. Interesting, wow. Yeah.
0: Did you have any inkling of the potential for that kind of reaction when you were beginning to start to, to work in this on this film?
2: You know, I had this chance that. I knew that my career is going to be here. So before that movie, I knew that I wanted to continue my career in France. Mm -hmm. I knew that. Mm -hmm. And I knew also that uh, soon or late, one day I'm going to be in front of this decision and I have to make my decision. You know, from the moment that you're playing without scarf, you can't return go back to Iran. But I never knew that it's going to be with such a huge proposition (laughs) in which there were... All the things, like nude scene, love mm. scene, politics, movie. It was really the whole package against the Islamic government. But I remember that I talk about this project with my agent. And my agent, she told me, Mina, you can't continue your career if you want from the beginning thinking about the, your government. But the only thing that I didn't know for asking you, claimed for the, your question, is that what's the meaning of exile? You know, that was, the, that was the thing that I was, you know, more you're young, more you're in 20s. You're not the same as your 30s. And I think that it was very wild and nothing could stop me. And when I'm seeing today all this young girl in the street of Tehran, it just reminds me myself. But 10 years ago, you know, and um, from that moment uh, for just in, um, finishing the answer of your question, who am I? Yes, of course. <laughs> From that moment, I applied for the refugee politic in France because I knew that I can go back to Iran. And uh, I hopefully I could continue my career in cinema and theater in France and in an international way, actually, not only in France. And now it's been almost eight years that I didn't return, go back to Iran.
0: So that's eight years without seeing uh, many members of your family, I assume too, right?
2: Well, I had I had this chance that um, my 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 parents they they come to see me in France, and my I have my my brother and my sister who used to live in New York, um, but 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 you know we are all separate in the world, and this is this is by the way what Jaffer Panay talks about in the movie. This is destiny of the million and million of the Iranian people. All the family, they are separated. Uh, they're in state, in London, in France, in Berlin, two of them in that country, one of them in that country. So this is our destiny, kind of, you know.
1: It's it's fascinating that just the question, who are you, is it's historical and political and cultural for you, you know. I mean... Um your your sense of self has gone through so many different larger frameworks so to speak and i think that's part of being a refugee that's part of living in exile that's part of being having a profession where you're constantly challenging those in power so everything we're talking about is uh really explored in no bears as well you know by jafar panahi so I'm I'm curious. So how did your collaboration with uh, Mr. Panahi happen? You know, how did you end up working on this film?
2: Well, I have to tell you that uh, Mr. Panahi was looking for an Iranian exiled actress. I mean, I mean, let's say Iranian actress who's who accepts to not going back, return, go back to Iran, and because we're not so many, because you know, uh, there are so many Iranian actors or actresses who are out of Iran, but they've grown up in foreign countries, like in the in LA, in London, or anywhere else. But we are not so many, especially actresses, who grown up in Iran and who are who living in exile and continue our career. So I was one of, of course, these actresses who, who passed the audition for him. And uh, what is interesting that he never sent me the script I never know what is the script and what is the story about. He just asked me to make a self of myself in which I just represent myself. And I just very easily, am as I'm telling to you, I just said, I'm Minai. It's been like 10 years that I live in Paris. It's been like, and I sent my video. And then uh, his daughter, she called me and she said that he wants to collaborate with me. And when I... When he sent the monologue of Zara to me, the monologue, you know, this monologue, she's in front of the camera and she's... I was extremely shocked because because it was like it was my life. In that moment, especially in that moment, I was writing a monologue for theatre, for playing. It was kind of an autobiography in which I'm telling my story. And it was looks like a lot to that monologue. So I, my tears just fell down when I read the... Monologue. I mean, of course, I, I wasn't in like Zara in jail. I, wa- I wasn't being tur- tortured in jail or uh, I wasn't in Turkey. But we had a very big common point, me and Zara, that both of us, we're living out of country. Both of us, we are the young girl who are living out of country for 10 years and we left our country because we're looking for happiness. But the fact that we're looking for the happiness Uh, And suddenly we finding ourselves in a situation that is like that we are obsessed about the idea that why we left our country. Who said that it's better to live in their own country? Who said that it's much more happier to live in your country?
1: Tell me a little bit about, first of all, the preparation for this. I'm very, I'm always very curious with Jafar Panahi the films have so many layers and you don't know what is real and what isn't and in this film especially there's a lot of uncertainty about what part like is some of it a documentary what is fiction who are the non professional actors you know so what what is the process of preparing for that like
2: well honestly i can't really tell you about the iranian part because i wasn't in the iranian part yeah and as you saw... The most huge part of the movie, it had shoot in Iran, you know, in this, some this village.
0: Featuring Panahi, featuring Panahi in the primary role, right? Yes, As the director. yes,
2: exactly. But, you know, there are so many non-actors in this movie. The only actors is me and Bakhtiar. So I can't tell you about the Iranian part because I wasn't there. But for the Turkish part, I can't tell you a lot. And I was especially with his, you know, he has a fixed, uh, Ekip band in you know, with whom he worked all the time. So who who knows very very well Jafar. So that I was lucky to have them because they know they know him very very well. And um, Turkish team, they were there. And what is interesting is that he wasn't there. And me, for example, as an actress, I was very frustrated about the idea that my director wasn't there. You know, all the actors in. And I, I imagine you've never met him in person, right? Or have you? Uh I was very young. And what I'm telling you, I was very young. Like I was kind of child. <laughs> but yeah. but but no, let's say no.
1: Let's say no. So all your communication f- with him for this film was on video
2: call. Uh, exactly. Okay. Much exactly. like
0: your character. Just like your character. Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. Totally. You're totally. Right. And what is interesting is that what I was telling to you is that the, all the actors in the world, no matter what the nationality and what where they come from. The, only, the first thing that we're, we're looking for is the way that, the, that our director looking to us. All the actors, they're looking for that. And when I was in Turkey, I was very obsessed and frustrated about the idea that my director, he's not there. And I was very emotional and very sad about this idea. But what is very interesting is that uh, when he started to directing us through the... Zoom or WhatsApp—I don't know, whatever the application was. It was very impressive because he wasn't there, but he was totally there, and 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 he was in such a concentration on his work, on his what 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 he wanted to get, get get from his actress, from his cameraman, from the scene, from that. You know, it was like that. I I was like, okay, Mina, don't be emotional, don't 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 fall in sentimental the mood and just be concentrate and just doing your job. And so, so that was a big lesson that I got from him that, that, that no matter what is his situation, he making his movie.
1: You're listening to the film comment podcast. Something I found really interesting about No Bears, uh, especially compared to Mr. Panahi's previous work, is that it really, it's not just about the difficulty of making films within a repressive state, which, you know, his past films have explored, but it's also questioning the filmmaker himself, you know, the ethics of a filmmaker who is rebelling against the state, but... In involving other people in that rebellion and what impact does it have on his actors, on his surroundings? And that's what your monologue, you know, really hits at uh, very powerfully at the end. So I wanna, I want to ask you a little bit about what it was like to grapple with those aspects of the script and to sort of work with him on a movie which is almost him critiquing
2: himself. It was very inspiring because, as I told you, uh, the situation was very weird because, you know, I'm an actress who can't return, go back to Iran, and he's a director who can't get out of the Iran. So the situation mm-hmm. was very, very dramatic, you know, basically was dramatic. And I could mm-hmm. really very easily enter to the very sentimental mood, you know, but because mm-hmm. the story was about that, because the character mm-hmm. was about that, it was very inspiring, and it was you know it, it helps me actually. It helps me, and and I remember that uh, when I the first take that I um, made from this monologue of Zara, I was crying, and suddenly Mr. Panay he told me, "Hey, Mina, Zara, she's a strong woman. I want to showing a strong woman. Don't be don't be weak. Uh, I, 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 Zara, she's a fighter. She's a she's a young strong woman." And so, you know, of course, I was very touched about that. And, of course, much more touched when I saw what's happened in Iran and all the young Iranian women, when you see that, as it's like that he wants it already to showing this image to the world, uh, that that mm-hmm. is the image of the Iranian woman.
1: You know, obviously, the film isn't screening in Iran, but do you know if people in Iran have found ways to see it?
2: Of course. You know what? People... They can see the movie already when they are selected in festival of Cannes and they're not still getting out of in the a, in a theater. People, they see it in, in a clandestine way. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And so have you heard any feedback from Iranians about this movie? And-
2: no. Uh, Iranian, no. I mean, yeah, maybe some professional, the people in the cinema, the critic, and, but not people, honestly, because I don't know if they already saw the movie or not. I don't know.
1: I'm curious what the response has been of uh, Iranian colleagues, you know, especially the film really is so timely in a in a somewhat tragic way because by the time it came out, Mr. Panahi was imprisoned and uh, now we have this uprising led by women and I'm just curious how this movie sort of plays to people right now who are in the midst of all of this.
2: You know, what is very clever about Panahi, I think, in this movie, I mean, all the time clever about him, but in this in this movie, what is very, his genius idea for me is that not only he's showing you the situation of the Iranian people in Iran, the situation of, a, of the artists in Iran, but also he's showing you what is the situation of the Iranian people out of Iran. And so, so that is, I think, that his genius idea in this movie, that... We know what doesn't mean that we know. So, I of course it's gonna. I, I think that the Iranian people they're gonna be very touched about this movie.
0: And and you're referring to all, to that diaspora as well, right? I mean, I think that this movie is is available for people who are in New York and for uh, exiles.
2: Yeah, even you know, even when I see the reaction of the French people, of the you know, uh, Italian people, you know, through all the festival that I'm going with this movie. I can see that because he questioning the question of the border and the question of border today in 2022, it's very, very important, you know, and not only by the Iranian people, but also the other countries. So I think that it's happening in Iran in a very small village, but for me, there are so many philosophy questioning in it. So that's because it can talk a lot with, so many people
0: yeah i mean as Devika was saying about this idea of um of an individual's decisions impacting those around him the and the, in political ways i think you can also talk about like the exiles there's no escape from these borders even as far away as they get yeah
2: yeah it's like that he's he he's showing you that you can even escape you can even going and live in anxiety, but it's like that you always still The end of your life, you just bring with yourself on your shoulder this heavy thing of of your country,
0: which is what makes that moment that moment so powerful, especially given like subsequent events, uh, his the imprisonment of Jafar Panahi, especially, but that moment where he refuses to cross the border, where he realizes he's standing on the border.
2: Totally, so many people they they were touched about this uh, moment of the movie. Yeah, Mm.
1: Um, I'm curious if. Mr. Panahi gave you any references for your character for your performance? No, never, ever, never. What is the preparation process like? I mean, were there rehearsals? I'm just curious about the how does he prepare his actors basically for for his roles?
2: I think that from the beginning, when he choosing his actor, he choosing the actors who are very very close to their characters. Hmm. I remember that his assistant he told me that. Uh, 70% of the role is already there by choosing you, mm, you know, so, yeah, yeah, I think that it's like that He choosing already his actors just, you know, through their eyes, through, I mean, not their eyes, what their eyes telling through the camera.
1: And does he, I mean, do you provide any input? Like, were there any lines that you changed or was there a collaborative aspect to the character and the performance? Or is he more the kind of director where everything is scripted and you perform it?
2: No, I I think that I just play everything that was already there. Hmm. That's very fascinating because
1: when you watch the film, you you it doesn't feel scripted, right? It feels like a real conversation. Everything feels spontaneous.
2: Oh, this is great! It means that you had this impression that it's improvis- improvisation, right? I think a lot.
0: Well, I think a lot of people have the impression that it's actually documentary, especially the part that takes place in in Iran. And I think yes, that right. there's a surprise. When you find out
1: that it's but even in the fiction parts with you, sure, yeah, it's sure. some. It often feels like improvised because it feels so natural. You know, it feels just in the moment. Well,
2: I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to. <laughs> I think that he hates playing actors, acting actually. So you should, you should not acting actually. <laughs> you should just uh, be yourself. Yeah, no. I think that you know what. Honestly, I think that if I didn't have this experience of exile. Uh, of eight years behind me and ten years being living out of my country, I think that I couldn't get that much profound the character.
0: I want to ask a little bit about uh, you've sort of taken on the role of representing this film public, you know, yeah, in interviews and uh, and how have your thoughts about the movie changed and how um how have your thoughts about your role as a as an exile changed
1: like you're you're almost like an um you've almost been like an ambassador
0: right uh, right know, yeah i didn't want to put it so i didn't want to put it so strongly but yeah you know i don't want to put put responsibility on you that you don't <laughs> want necessarily but um you know i think that that's that's an impression that that people have been getting and i think that that's it's really been remarkable like the reaction that people have had at the festival but i just wanted to, to ask you how how you feel about that
2: It's a very huge responsibility, honestly, because I'm just an actress. And all the actresses, when they go into the festival, they wanted to be with the directors. They wanted to be with the other actors. They wanted to be with the team, you know? So it's very hard to be alone and especially all the responsibility on your shoulder. But I think that if it happened to me, because I have some spiritual... (laughs) idea I think that maybe I should cross this in my life maybe maybe it means something I don't know it's a strange coincidence that I'm an exiled actress so not only I'm an ambassador of the movie but as an exiled actress I'm an ambassador Mm -hmm. of the movie so it was like that my the message that I had to telling all through this festival not only about our maestro, who is Jafar Panahi, who is in jail and his condition and his situation, but also about the exiled artist who living out of country,
0: and about the larger political instability and ongoing situation. I think that you know it's a
2: very, very, very big responsibility.
0: Right, of course. Yeah.
1: So I'm, I'm I was wondering if you've had contact with Mr. Panahi since the film. Has come out. I, I, if I recall correctly, you brought a statement from him to the New York Film Festival when you were here. You read out a statement by him. I'm just wondering uh, what the extent of your communication with him has been since he was he's been in jail.
2: I had just, um, I was just in contact with his uh, wife, actually, uh, but um, he not not with him directly.
1: And have you been able to get any sense of, you know, what his feelings are about the movie and its circulation? I mean, it's it's quite been quite tragic to see this movie, which I think is one of his best movies, travel to all these festivals. And I mean, he hasn't been to festivals in a long time, but to know that the man who made this is now, he doesn't have his freedom and uh, he's in prison.
2: Unfortunately, I can't answer to this question because I didn't, talk to him about this idea but uh, i'm i'm very sad about the fact that he can't be when we are celebrating him this is very very sad but the only thing that i know that he's first of all very sad about what's happening in his country i know that yeah of course yes yeah
1: yeah, I was also very taken when at the New York Film Festival, you read out a message in support of the women protesting in Iran, and, uh, you know, you uh, you had a, a poster with their slogan, uh, yes. Jin, Jian, yeah. Azadi. Yes. Yeah, um, and I, I was wondering if you could talk a little about that as well. You know, you've become an ambassador of the film and of exiled actresses, but also, you've been at all these festivals an ambassador for Iranian women and their struggle, you know, and you're you're reminding people at these festivals what the significance of this film is in that context. So I, I was wondering if you could talk a little about why that has been so important to you.
2: Well, uh, I have to tell you, not only me, but also all the Iranian artists who live out of country, when this movement started in Iran, we, you know, we felt ourselves... R- with lots of responsibility compared to that. It's like that we can't not talking about this, you know, because if our statement is that we are the artists who resisting, who lives in exile, so we should talk about this. We should remind people that there are people who lives in, living in that situation in in the country, and and it's important to talk about that, but 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 I have to tell you, I'm not an activist, I'm not a politic woman, I'm not a, I'm just an artist, and I'm just trying to being the voice of all my Iranian sister and brothers who don't who doesn't have voice, just that. And uh, what is great is that I can see that all the Iranian artists who live living in out of Iran, they're trying to do that, so this is amazing.
0: Well, yeah, as you said, it's a huge responsibility. And um, you've shown a lot of grace in that position.
2: Do you personally
1: at this moment feel uh, a a sense of hope about how this movement has panned out in Iran? I mean, I've heard a lot of Iranian uh, artists and friends say that they they are feeling like something can change this time and that women have really kickstarted like a revolution um and is that the feeling that you've had as well especially looking at your country you know from outside uh, as an exile
2: well i uh, hope i i i just telling you that i hope so but i can't tell you that because especially in these days that there are so many execution i'm very very deeply sad
0: yeah, just I think we're doing this interview in in mid December, and I think the several young men were executed in the last couple of days,
1: right?
2: Yes, exactly. So, so you know, I'm sometimes I'm asking myself in which price, you know. So I don't want to finally uh, lots of young girl and boy would be executed, and you know, I, I'm scared a lot about that, and. um but let's see what's happened. But but we continue and we're resisting. What's, what is for sure is that we're not going to go back. Mm. We, we, we're not going to stop. This is for sure. But uh, but I can't honestly tell you how much hope I have because it depends what happens every day, every day.
1: So we were curious what you're working on next. Uh, what's your next project?
2: Yes. Um, I have a... Um, well, actually... After this, I had a series for the NBC with a British director. Can you can you reveal anything like who and what? Well, well I I'm not sure if I can give the information about the this series because they asked okay. us actually. And also, I have another feature movie in March, and um, I'm unfortunately unable to telling more about that. Uh, but it's a very very. Uh, exciting project and I just can't wait to start it.
1: And do you think you'll be acting in more Iranian movies? I mean...
2: No, I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. Actually, I'm, uh, I've am i done not bad Iranian role. I just... Uh, I think that now I really want to play another role who's not Iranian, you know? Not Iranian, mm-hmm. not just refugees or Middle Eastern or... But unfortunately, yeah. sometimes the Westerners, they have their... Cl- cliche you know on the Middle Eastern that when you come from Iran but but I but I but I will do my best to not you know being stuck in that that kind of role and because I'm deeply an actress and and I'm not a you know I don't represent the Iranian woman or refugees woman or or, I'm just an an artist and what is interesting is that in all my childhood or teenager I was inspired about the cinema and the actresses who, who was Italian, French, American. I was inspired by Gina Rollins, by Mary Streep, by Isabel Ajani, by Al Pacino or Robert De Niro or, you know, so I've never dreaming about refugees
1: role. Yeah. And I mean, uh, this particular role in this film, even though you're playing a refugee, you're playing an exile, all of that. It's, not cliche at all, right? That's what's amazing about Jafar Panahi and his films.
2: No, no, the 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 the, the role of Jafar Panahi is not cliche at all because it's a very yeah. modern and you know. But I'm 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 specifically talking about the role which I can have in you know maybe international um, films. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: yeah.
0: Yes. yeah. Well, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, we're very to excited to see uh, see you on TV, on NBC. That sounds excellent. A
0: British director with an unnamed British director.
1: <laughs> yes, and it's going to be on Netflix too.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, well, we look forward to that. We look forward to your next feature film. And we're really also excited to see No Bear circulate, release in the U.S. and circulate through U.S. audiences. And I think it's going to really strike a chord.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.